ESPN Radio. The best team in the NBA through the regular season is shorthanded in the playoffs. This is ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas taking you up until 7 o'clock Eastern. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. You can tweet to us at AmberW790 at HDouglas83. We see y'all in our mentions and we appreciate you. You can also join the conversation on the Canty Collin line. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We have been asking you to call in. Let us know who you think is most responsible for the situation right now with the Brooklyn Net. But we have to head to the Western Conference for a moment, Harry, because there is a huge loss for the Phoenix Suns that may very much change the landscape of things in the West. Devin Booker was balling out on Tuesday night. He scored 31 points in 25 minutes. He tapped, dapped up a baby sitting courtside and then he got injured and Phoenix went on to lose that game to the Pels 125 to 114 reportedly Booker suffered a grade one hamstring strain and it is being reported that he could be out as long as three weeks two to three weeks is the expectation for time missed so Harry Douglas does this completely change the series for you do the Pelicans now have a shot here you can't count them out um, and that's, that injury is significant because it is a hamstring that uh, Devin Booker has been dealing with times before um, and has kept him out of game. So when it came to that ham- hamstring, but listen, Devin Booker had 31 points at halftime the other night. He didn't score another basket. He got hurt in the third quarter. But right now he's averaging 28 points in these playoffs in the two games that he's played. I, can one person replace 28 points? No. I don't think that's even possible. And I also want to state that Chris Paul, Chris Paul cannot catch a break to save his life. If it's not one thing, it's another. Mm-hmm. If it's not him getting hurt, it's the other key piece. And remember, I think, Amber, we've, we've been on here in the past, and we said that Devin Booker is the most important person on that Suns team. I understand Chris Paul does a lot of great things, but when you have a prolific scorer, a guy that can put the ball in the basket, when you need a bucket who can shoot it from three, who's excellent from the free throw line, who has the mid-range game, and you're missing that now, that, that, that is huge, especially when it comes to playoff basketball because we all know everything ramps up during those times. Now, when I look at this Suns roster, a guy like Cam Johnson, who I really love coming off the bench, Jay Crowder, who starts, um, they had Landry Shamit. All these guys are going to have to step up even that much more and provide offense, and not just offense, per, uh, Mikael Bridges, provide defense as well. That's going to put an a, a, a extra amount of pressure on all those guys to be able to perform and not be Devin Booker, but be able to hold up some of the slack um, that's going to be because he's not there. So when I look at this Suns team, do I think they can get past the, the, the New Orleans Pelicans? Yes, I do. Is there an opportunity for the Pelicans to win this series now? Yes, I do believe that because you look at the other side, you look at a guy like Brandon Ingram, right, who, who has the same things that I just mentioned about Devin Booker, who has the mid-range game, right? He, he Like Kendrick Perkins say, he's a baby Kevin Durant who can shoot from three, who can get to the free throw line, who slashes, right? He lives around that mid-range area. Not to mention you have a guy like a C.J. McCullum who had 23 points the other night. Six three-pointers, a guy who's a veteran, and, and Willie Green as their coach. We talk about coaching and how vital it is. Now, Monty Williams, when he went down and he was asked about it, he said, next man up. And I really, tru- truly do believe that's the mindset of the Phoenix Suns. It's just that it's just going to add an extra amount of pressure to Chris Paul 
but not as much as the role players in Cam Johnson and Jay Crowder and Mikael Bridges and Landry Shamit. Those guys are going to have to pick up a lot of slack, but I still believe that they can get it done. The chances just got slimmer. The chances did get a lot slimmer, and now they lose that home court advantage. They had an 8-3 and three record in 11 games during the regular season without Devin Booker, so they can certainly win games without Devin Booker out there. Now, you saw, though, in Game 2 how poorly it can go when you lose Devin Booker, and it's not like they were actually dominating that game anyways before the loss yeah. of Booker, and when you lose your top score, it's going to be a problem in terms of trying to make up for and cover up for that type of production. So I do think that this is a big problem for the Phoenix Suns moving forward. My money still would be on the Suns to get past the Pelicans in this series. I can't imagine the Suns winning any sort of championship, whether a Western Conference title or an NBA title, without Devin Booker, though, on that roster. The Caesar Sportsbook odds have certainly moved since the uh, injury to Devin Booker. The Suns remain the favorites to win the title, but their odds at Caesars have lengthened from a plus 220 to start the wake to plus 320 after the game two loss of Devin Booker. The Golden State Warriors are close behind at plus 360 to win the title now, according Uh to Caesar Sportsbook ESPN's partner. So the Warriors Uh benefiting here, Harry, from the injury to Devin Booker. Yeah, listen, this injury is key because hamstrings are always tricky, right? Sometimes those things linger. And if it lingers from series to series and the Suns continue to win and the Golden State Warriors continue to win and those two teams meet up in the Western Conference Final, once again, it's going to be a Steph Curry team-led team that uh, stands in the way of a guy like Chris Paul. And you look at a series uh, uh, like that if you have both of those teams, right? That's not a series you can go 75%. That's not a series you can go 80%. That's a series you need to be 100%, especially when it comes to a hamstring, because I'll tell you this, the Golden State Warriors and how they, when they go to that small ball lineup, they will run you right out your damn hamstring. So you want to make sure that you're fully healthy when you come back. Now, if they do win this series against the Pelicans, and it's it's crazy that I'm about to say this because I never want to say – I think the matchup is is easier for them, but they will face Denver or Utah, two teams right. I think that don't stand a chance against the Phoenix Suns. And I'm just going to put it out there and say it like that. Now they but, don't stand a chance against the Phoenix Suns without Booker. I mean, I, Booker presumably should be back, you would think, or yeah. you would hope during that series. But do you think they still don't stand a chance if Booker wasn't back? Uh. I still think the Phoenix Suns are, are, are figure it out. I, I, I truly believe they're figured out. And, and a lot of it is because of a guy like Monty Williams. Those players believe in his teachings 100%. Remember, we were talking about earlier how Udoka and those guys in the Boston Celtics organization has rallied around him and bought into his system. These players for the Phoenix Suns buy into his system, right? Because in good times, he's there with them. In bad times, he's encouraging those guys. And he showed, especially over the last two years, I always thought he was a great coach. But the last two years, he's really put that on display. And when you have injuries throughout a season to star players, not just Chris Paul, but then Devin Booker earlier this year, and you still find a way to get it done without both guys at different times throughout the year, it just lets you know that Monty Williams is here to stay. Monty Williams is a – I think he should be coach of the year. I don't think they announced that yet, but I think he should be coach of the year, and there's a reason why. That's Eric Spolstra to you. 
<laughs> Please stop it. But I digress. You know, it's it's been weird so far in these playoffs already with the injuries. Uh, yeah. You were talking about that matchup that they might have against the Mavs or the Jazz in the next round of the Suns can survive the Pelicans. And then, of course, Luka has been out for the Mavs, which has certainly made that series a little bit more interesting with Utah, although they were able to get a game there without Luka on the court. Uh, he's unlikely to play in game three, reportedly, but he is feeling great so he is eyeing a return during that series but that certainly changes the landscape of things moving forward as well another key injury is in the eastern conference to chris middleton he's out right now for the milwaukee bucks we will unpack that next this is espn radio with amber wilson and harry douglas Our pick to win the East might be on shaky ground in the first round of these playoffs. This is ESPN Radio with Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Save on commercial auto insurance from Progressive. Get a fast quote at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Both Harry Douglas and I thought the Milwaukee Bucks were the team that was uh, going to take the East this season. And now they find themselves in a tied series with the Chicago Bulls, the Milwaukee Bucks lost last night to the Bulls, 114 to 110 in a close one. But even worse than splitting a series so far or losing to the Chicago Bulls in a game here in this series is that they lost one of their best players. Earlier in the fourth quarter, Chris Middleton exited the game with left knee soreness after slipping awkwardly in the middle of a spin move in the post. And big man Bobby Portis left the game at the half after taking a shot to the eye in the first quarter of the game. Huge losses so far for the Milwaukee Bucks. We don't know the status here of Middleton's injury, but assuming that he could be out for a while, Harry Douglas, does this change your opinion about this series? The Bulls have been playing much better basketball against this Milwaukee team than you or I expected them to. Ooh, Amber, I'm a little iffy about this now. Um, but the fact, the fact that they have Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to give me faith, right? I'm just not going to write him off uh, because I have seen him on numerous of occasions. Put this Milwaukee Bucks team on his back and find out, figure out a way to win a series, and better yet, not win a series, win a game if needs be. Now, 
Bobby Porters is a guy that you just mentioned who went out with, uh, with, the, with the eye bleeding and whatnot. Bobby Porters is going to have to step up even more now. You have a guy like Chris Middleton go down, and we've seen what Chris Middleton has meant to this team on both sides of the ball, offensively and defensively. I continuously bring up last year in the playoff when Giannis got hurt, Chris Middleton took over and willed this Bucks team to wins when they needed them. Now, guys who are going to have to step up, it's kind of similar to the Phoenix Suns situation. They're role pl- players, a guy like a Grayson Allen, right? Jordan Wara is going to have to probably play minutes now. Uh, but Bob- Bobby Portis, as you mentioned, these guys, gonna Pat uh, Con- uh, Connington, he's going to have to step up and score more. But you listen, this is a huge blow. This is a huge blow to Milwaukee because Chris Middleton at times has been so great for this team. You seen yesterday him score 13 points in the third quarter and give this Milwaukee Bucks a chance at a comeback. Now, looking at this team, I want I want to I want to I want to I want to go back to last year. You already miss a guy like PJ Tucker who's in Miami right now making a difference with his defense and I'll be honest, something I didn't think I'll be seeing his three-pointers from the corner where he's lived his entire career. They already are missing guys like that with that mentality. Now you go down another guy in Chris Middleton, another guy that you can count on mentality-wise to get it done and have that aura about himself to, you know what, let me take this big shot. Let me score 20 points in a quarter. Let me lock this guy down defensively so we can make this comeback or get this win that we may need as a team. Now you're down him as well. This is just that much mind-boggling. And what about the little point guard that they had, the backup guy? What's his name, Carter? Every time he's in the game, I ask myself, why in the hell is he even in the game? All he's doing is dribbling around, passing the basketball. He's not scoring. He's not defending well. I don't even know why uh, Coach Bud is even putting him in the game. Now you're down uh, one of your lethal weapons, one of your big three. Drew Holiday is going to have to be huge. Drew Holiday from this point on cannot have subpar games. Mm-hmm. Drew Holiday is going to have to, and he exerts a lot of energy on the defensive end, trying to stop point guards and harass point guards. He might have to step back a little bit from that because they're going to need him to score points because you're missing a guy like Chris Middleton. Over the past two seasons, the Bucks are 86-34 and 34 when Antetokounmpo, Middleton, and Drew Holiday are all on the floor together. That includes the playoffs. They are sub-500 when they are missing one of those pieces. Middleton is a key piece for this team. And it wasn't his performance before he went out of this game and in, as with this injury because he was slow to heat up in this game. But you felt like he was finally starting to gain mm-hmm. that momentum in this game. But moving forward, I mean, there's no chance that Giannis can win an NBA title without his Robin, right? That the Batman can do it without the Robin. We know how unbelievably critical Chris Middleton was to them getting that done last season. And in fact, Chris Middleton carried that team when Giannis was injured. So Chris Middleton is a key, key piece in terms of them getting past uh, not just the Chicago Bulls, but getting past the Eastern Conference to win an NBA title. I will say all of that being said, though, and as good as this Bulls team has has been playing, and I've been so impressed, and I don't know what DeMar DeRozan is doing If you don't like, stop don't that, Amber, if you Listen, don't stop that. Harry Douglas, I'm not don't saying anything. I'm just wondering, <laughs> like, what is happening he, with DeMar DeRozan? How did at what is he 32 years old, Demar Derozan? Like how all of a sudden it he Giannis is out here playing defense on him at times. Like he is the main defender on Demar Derozan. Demar Derozan is somehow still making shots. It, it makes no sense at all whatsoever. But Demar Derozan is that dude. He has been that dude for the Chicago Bulls all season long. So credit goes to Demar. But all of it said. 
for me, when I evaluate series in the playoffs in the NBA, typically the conversation boils down to what team has the best player on the court. And the best player on the court is on the Milwaukee Bucks, hands down, unequivocally. It's not even a conversation in Giannis Antetokounmpo. And for that reason, if Giannis is not the one that's out, if Giannis is not the one that's injured, I'll still ride with the Bucks right now. But I do not believe that the Bucks can get out of the East without a healthy Chris Middleton. And I can't argue with that because you're talking about a guy in Giannis who can be at half court and take two damn dribbles and be dunking the basketball. When have we ever seen that happen in the National Basketball Association? But like you said, Giannis is an NBA champion. He's an NBA Finals MVP. He's a league MVP. He's a defensive player of the year. And if, if, I, if, if I want anybody to, 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 to put my team on and put the team on their back, it's going to be Giannis Antetokounmpo because we've seen him do it time and time again, not just offensively but defensively. We've seen the block in the NBA Finals last year against a DeAndre Ayton. We've seen it this year against, ooh, I can't remember what team it was, but he got the block late in the game that helped them secure another victory. He showed us time and time again, and not only that, in the offseason, we got to give Giannis the credit that he deserves. He's worked on his free throw shooting. He's worked on his jump shot shooting, even though I don't want him shooting jump shots because people can't stop him in the paint. But he's worked on both of these things. So his game is getting better and better each year, and we got to give credit where credit is due. As long as he's on the court like you mentioned, I am not counting out the Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis's game has gotten better and better every year. Apparently, so is DeMar DeRozan's uh, at 32 years old. Mid-range assassin. Mid-range uh, assassin. It, it, is, it, is, it is bizarre. He, he, was, he shot 8 of 9 from the field for 16 points when Giannis was his primary defender. DeMar DeRozan is listed as 6'6". He's in the zone. We call call that tunnel vision. Tunnel vision. When I mean he's in the zone, but also he may have had that attitude, you know what? I know we're not going to be able to do it if I'm not in this zone. If I don't – the game before, they felt like they should have won, but he was missing shots. Zach Levine was missing shots. All those guys didn't step up to the plate. Game two, he wasn't going to let it happen. He said that we're talking about Giannis putting the team on his back. DeMar DeRozan said, to hell with all this. I'm going to put the team on my back. If we lose, it's going to be because of me. If we win, it's going to be because of me. But I, can I give another shout-out to another player, Alex Caruso, and the way his defense has been? If it's one team that's wishing Alex Caruso – Lakers, you see what you gave up? A guy that plays defense. He plays defense, and he cares. You see what happened, Lakers, when you let players like that go? You don't even make the playoffs or the damn play-in game. So shout-out to Alex Caruso. I like how Alex Caruso is what's standing between the Lakers uh, and a championship. <laughs> the Bucks saw their championship odds fall from plus 600 to plus 650 after the Game 2 loss of Middleton. Uh, the Boston Celtics now have the best championship odds in the Eastern Conference because the odds are mad re- disrespectful to the Miami Heat. Uh, plus 600 are the odds now for the Boston Celtics to win the Eastern Conference title. Coming up next, who is most responsible for the Nets being down 0-2? We'll unpack that. This is ESPN Radio with Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas.
Durant, left to right, lost the handle. Turnover, Brooklyn. Six turnovers for Kevin Durant. Your defense, JT, was unbelievable. You made Kevin and Kyrie work so hard. You know, those are two of the best scores in the world. Our goal is just to can't give them no easy looks, make them feel comfortable. This is going to be a long night. It was a long night for the Brooklyn Nets. It's been a long series so far for the Brooklyn Nets against the Boston Celtics. This is ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas hanging out with you. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. We have been talking plenty about that Nets-Celtics series. You can give us a call. Let us know your thoughts on it as well. Who is responsible for Brooklyn being down 0-2 Ooh. to the Boston Celtics? Give us a call. 888-ESPN-888-729. Three seven seven six and Harry. There are games tonight as well in the NBA. The Grizzlies and Timberwolves will get it going at seven thirty p.m. right after we get off here on ESPN Radio. Coverage will begin on most ESPN radio stations at seven p.m. Eastern. The Mavs and Jazz will tip off at nine p.m. A new no Luca, no problem for the Mavs in the last game. That series is tied at one game apiece. Apparently, Utah is going to Utah. Harry Douglas. Uh, in the playoffs. We've seen that story before, haven't we? And the Warriors and Nuggets are going to get it going as the late game at 10 p.m. I did want to get an opportunity to ask you about some of these games coming up tonight. Grizz Timberwolves, to me, is a really fun series because we're talking Mm -hmm. about two really young teams, and the Timberwolves surprised us in game one. I think they surprised the country in game one. They certainly surprised Memphis in game one. Memphis looked like they just weren't ready to play playoff basketball in game one, and maybe because they had had a week off and the Timberwolves on the other hand were coming in off of a play-in tournament so maybe it was a result of that but the Grizzlies fell very flat in game one and then turned things around in game two and frankly that's the Memphis Grizzlies team that I expected to show up for the first round of these playoffs to me it feels like the tides have shifted in that series yeah the first the first game game one they got in foul trouble Jaron Jackson Jr. Steven Adams all those guys got in foul Dylan Brooks he got in foul trouble as well and that's going to be key in this series that all those guys uh, don't foul. Now, in game two, I thought on the flip side, I thought the Minnesota Timberwolves got in a lot of foul trouble, even though, and also the Memphis Grizzlies. So these guys got to start adapting to the referees. Now, when I'm watching these games, I'm tired of seeing these damn refs decipher games. I don't say to decide games, but make it about themselves. I want to see good playoff basketball. I don't want to see every foul that's a hard foul. They're going over to the, the monitor to review it and see if it's a flagrant one and a flagrant two. I, and I added the NBA in the tweet. I said, damn, can y'all get some backbone? Can the NBA get some backbone when it comes to these officials and making all these calls? But it's because it's you what added is the, guy the supposed NBA? To I added You them. hit them with that ad? I added them. I said, get some damn backbone. <laughs> do because, you like, think the NBA is like checking its Twitter mentions and it's like, you oh, never know. Snap, Harry you Douglas know. added us. <laughs> now Amber, we're going to change how we officiate you, these playoff you, games. You never know because I just hate watching games. We watched the, 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 the game between the Timberwolves and the Memphis Grizzlies the other night. The damn first quarter took 40-something minutes, Amber. Mm-hmm. How, how crazy is that? That it take, or it may have been the first half, took 40-something minutes. I think it was the first quarter. I can't remember. I was just getting tired of the fouls, and I'm just sick and tired of it. But I'll tell you this. John Morant, the man is unstoppable when it comes to getting to the paint. Um, the supporting cast, those guys, everybody's going to have to do their jobs. But I think one thing about this matchup that's unique is that the athleticism 
uh, both of these teams are there. You look at a guy like Anthony Edwards. You look at a Carl Anthony Towns. You look at um, Brandon Clark, um, Jaron Jackson. Um, I'm trying to think of the guy's name. Tillman, I think he came in for the Memphis Grizzlies and gave them a huge boost off the bench, scoring about 10 points, uh, putbacks, rebounding the basketball. But John Morant has been unstoppable in the, in the paint. And for the Minnesota Timberwolves, if they want to win this series and make this series competitive down the line in a few more games, they're going to have to find out a way or find a defense that can kind of keep John Morant a little contained. Now, that's easier said than it is done. But another guy, I think, who has to step up big in this series that I think has not um, – uh, God, I can't think of his name right now. It's the point guard for the Minnesota Timberwolves. I mentioned him earlier. D'Angelo Russell, there we go, D'Angelo Russell. I don't think he's played his best basketball in the first two games. I'm looking at him shooting crazy shots. His shot selection has not been perfect. Um, now, he's been good setting up other guys, but when it comes to making baskets and his shot selection, I thought that those have been very, very poor in this series so far. Yeah, it's, as you mentioned, very, very difficult to defend against Ja Morant, and it has been as hard for them to do so in this series as you would imagine. Jaden McDaniel said as much after game two. He said that he's crafty, he's super fast, it's not just one of us guarding him, it's us as a team all just out there trying to help each other. Patrick Beverly has been on Morant most of the time. McDaniels has also spent his share of minutes trying to get that task done. They're going to have to figure out a way, the Timberwolves are, to shut down John Morant if they want to have any success in this series moving forward. The Mavs and Jazz series. I got got to say one more thing really quick, Amber. Mm -hmm. I need some of these guys in these playoffs who know they're they're very, very important to their teams to understand you can't get in foul trouble. Carl Anthony Towns the other night had two fouls in the first half and shoots a three and kicks his leg out and gets his third foul. If you can only, if you was only there to hear the words that I said to myself in that TV, because I don't like stupid basketball. Not calling him stupid, but the play that that he did, that was a stupid play. Knowing how valuable you are to your team. So guys got to understand that. Stop make, taking these take fouls because they add up at the end of the day. Uh, the NBA playoffs are on ESPN Radio. Tune in tonight as the Timberwolves host the Grizzlies, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins, as I mentioned, at 7 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations right after Harry and I get off air with you. ESPN basketball analyst Roz Gold on, on Wude is going to be on the call tonight. She is going to join us at 6 p.m. Eastern here on ESPN Radio. Now, moving on real quick to that Mavs Jazz series, because I did want to mention that injury to Luca. He has the left calf strain. They were eyeing a possibly a game three return. I know there's some conflicting reports out there, but they were able to split that series without Luca on the court. That really surprised me, Harry, and maybe it shouldn't. I mentioned that the Jazz are going to jazz in the playoffs, and that seemed like one of those moments that the Jazz were jazzing, uh, so to speak, because <laughs> a Luca-less Mavericks team should not be getting any sort of wins over the Utah Jazz. And that's how we both felt, but a guy named Jalen Bronson who played for a guy named Jay Wright that we talked about earlier in the show, right, has, has been Mr. Consistent for this Mavericks team offensively and playing defense when he need to. But the guy had 41 points the other day, stepped up big time. Another guy that came off the bench, Kleber, hitting eight threes. Think about that. You come off the bench, you hit eight threes, sound like Duncan Robinson in game one versus the Atlanta Hawks. But he hit eight threes and helped this team and propelled them to a victory. That's going to be huge moving forward. And if I had to choose and make that choice, if Luka's going to play in game three, 
I'm going to say no. Even though the Dallas Mavericks have home court and they lost one of the games on their home court still, I can buy me more time because we won one of those games. Because going into that, I didn't think they were going to win any one of them without Luka. So I'm not going to let him play game three. I'm going to shoot for game four. And possibly, if I can actually steal game three, I'm going to shoot for game five. Because we do know that calf muscle, it, listen, no, the thing go all, goes all the way down to your Achilles, and you don't want no Achilles injury or nothing else getting hurt more so than what it is because you're trying to get him back. Take your time with Luka, especially Jalen Bronson got it. And then Kleber coming off the bench, nothing but nets with eight threes. <laughs> Take my chances. Yeah, I'm shocked the Mavs are able to get it done without Luka out there. But I'm with you. If you are able to get it done without Luka out there, then you've bought yourself a little window here to be cautious with Luka and his return. Warriors and Nuggets as well, 10 p.m. Jokic is going to have to uh, adjust uh, wearing his emotions on his sleeve a bit in this series, Harry Douglas, because certainly his emotions have been very out there, <laughs> including getting tossed uh, in this series, but he's just outmatched. I see your calls on the call line. Mark in Texas, Shy in Arizona. I see you on the Canty call-in line. Give us a call, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We are asking you who is responsible for the Nets being down 0-2. We will get to your calls and plenty more. This is ESPN Radio. Nets are in a hole. They are down 0-2 to the Boston Celtics. We have been taking your phone calls about who is at fault for the situation right now in Brooklyn. Mark is in Texas. Mark, who do you think is at fault for the Nets being down 0-2? Well, I believe it's Kyrie Irving. And the reason I believe so is I believe he has a little jealousy of LeBron trying to imitate the power that he has in the organization which, you know, allowed uh, him co-signing on Steve Nash. He's trying to play street ball on the hardwood, and it's not going to make it. He'd rather look good than win. (laughs) That's my Uh, belief. I I think a lot of people have the uh, different beliefs, varying beliefs, Harry Douglas, about Kyrie Irving, right? Because a lot of people are down on Kyrie. And listen, Kyrie did win a championship alongside LeBron. Maybe he's trying to take a page out of his playbook. But I do think that, I mean, particularly in game one, Kyrie was brilliant. So I don't know if you can fault Kyrie because he was not the reason that they lost game one. That man did everything he could to make that game competitive. Yeah, and actually I thought in game two, everything started to catch up with Kyrie, not being able to eat um, and drink things when the sun is up and not until sunset. I thought it really started to play a toll on him, his body language. I watched it from the beginning to the end. And reading that body language, I said, you know what? He's not really into it right now because 
he's probably hungry. He's probably probably doesn't have the fluids that he need in his body, and his body's probably weak. I've, I've been there and I've done it. Not fasting to that point, but I've been there in a football game where my body feels so weak and I feel so sluggish, and I'm trying to just pack things in my body to feel better, and you just don't feel better. Um, I mean, I'm but, hungry right now doing this radio show when I feel oh, sluggish, yeah. Harry Douglas. I'm over here yawning. I'm sitting in a chair doing a radio show. <laughs> but I, 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 I don't know that, how he's out loss, there playing basketball. I really that don't. loss yesterday, I'm putting that on, on Kevin Durant because Kevin Durant, listen, 0 for 10 in the second quarter, I mean, in the uh, second half of that ball game, the six turnovers, but the turnovers were so costly. And then just still getting pushed around and not being there 100% and understanding what the, the Boston Celtics defense was trying to do. He and understands it after the game. Like he needs to. Uh, listen, Amber, I don't he understand. He understands it after the game. Damn, uh, KD, I need you to understand what they're doing during the game, right. not after the game. Yeah, and I mean, in fairness to KD, and we've talked about it throughout the show, but I mean, the Celtics are, are keying in on him exclusively, right? So they're throwing two, three defenders at him at a time. They're throwing every body they can at him, and it's highly effective, their game plan. Let's shut down mm-hmm. KD, throw him off his game, and nobody else is stepping up to really get these dubs against the Celtics team. So they are just right now looking like the better coached, better prepared team, the far better team defensively, and and the Nets find themselves down 0-2. Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. We have been talking all show long about the NBA playoffs, namely about that Nets-Celtics series. The Nets are down in a hole 0-2 to the Boston Celtics. Let's bring in Kendrick Perkins, ESPN NBA analyst and host of Swagoo and Perk, joining us on the Canty Collin line. And Perk, what do you make of that series so far? Who is responsible for the situation that Brooklyn finds itself in? Um, you know what, Amber, Harry, first of all, thanks for having me on, okay? That's the first thing first. I love what you what you guys are doing. It's a beautiful thing to see because y'all speaking nothing but the truth. Now, let me get to this series. I blame 50% on Steve Nash and 50% on Kevin Durant. And, and here's, why I, here's why I blame Kevin Durant, okay? You're a veteran. You're a considerate. You're considered an all-time great. You're considered arguably the best player in the NBA. And the Celtics right now are punking you. They're getting physical. They're bumping him off his spots. He's seeing bodies everywhere he goes. And that's why he went 0 for 10 in the fourth quarter, because he's not ready for that physicality. The Celtics have a team like no other when it comes to perimeter defenders that have size, strength, and athleticism. When you talk about Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Grant Williams, and Marcus Smart, and you can even throw in, throw in Al Horford at sometimes. Here's the thing with KD. He has to match that intensity. Now, with that being said, Steve Nash also has to do a great job of actually not standing over there looking like a damn statue. Like, you have to put your best player in position to be successful. Just like KD has bailed Steve Nash out plenty of times since they arrived in in Brooklyn, 
How about Steve Nash returning the favor? How about having misdirection plays where Kevin Durant is coming off of pin downs? How about having him with he's actually the guy that's in a dribble handoff action at the top of the key. He's dribble handing off with a guy like Kyrie Irving or uh, Seth Curry, and now he's picking and popping or rolling, and they're hitting him where he's freeing up, up off of guys' bodies. Like Steve Nash has to do something to help his superstar out so that he could go out there and be the best version of himself. But then you have to give a lot of credit to that Celtic defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean the way that they're playing, especially Jason Tatum. We knew what we would get out of Marcus Smart. But Jason Tatum, his tenacity, his, his presence of walking on the floor and saying that, I got KD, and actually guarding him and doing a hell of a job at it, you have to give them their flowers. And I think it starts from their coach, Ime Yudoka, early in the season when he told Jason Tatum, hey, man, stop going out there on the floor looking at all these guys like they're your brother. They're not your brother in between those lines. You need to go out there and start establishing that every single night you're the best player on the floor. Now, Perk, I want to ask you, I had three things that I thought the Brooklyn Nets could have did better. One of them you already mentioned, the offensive sets, and Steve Nash making the superstars, making things easier for him. That's why I think coaching merely matters. At the end of the day, when Kyrie, them say they don't need a coach, no, you need a damn coach because when you run into teams like the Boston Celtics, that's when a great coach comes and, and plays a factor. Now, another thing I had in mind was they got to rebound and run and get fast break points. So they're not setting up against that half-court defense every time they're coming down the court. They had 13 in the first half uh, fast break points. They were leading. They had zero in the second half. They lost the game. Another thing I think, in key situations, we see Nick Claxton continuously getting fouled, and he's missing free throws. Can you put LaMarcus Aldridge in the damn situation so he can go to the free throw line if he get fouled and bang those free throws? What do you think about those two things? Yeah, yeah. look, I agree with you. And, And listen, Earlier in the game, the Nets actually did a pretty good job of forcing turnovers so that they could get out in transition and get easy buckets. But let me tell you the advantage of playing LaMarcus Aldridge over Claxton. The advantage is is that now you put another offensive weapon on the floor to help take pressure off of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. So when they don't have it going, Let's see if Boston could guard this guy. Let's see if we could post him up and put some of those guys in foul trouble. Let's see if we could we could take some pressure off of Kevin Durant and make adjustments to see that, hey, maybe they have to go switch this guy onto this guy or we'll punish them down low. How about doing that? That comes on to coaching, and you're right on point with that. Like, it's only so much you could deal with when coming with Claxton. I'm watching Claxton when he's down in the paint trying to rebound, and I'm like, Man, why are you rebounding so so soft and so gentle? You're not going up with force and grabbing it with two hands and coming down with those elbows spreading. He's got he got skinny elbows, like almost like he's allergic to contact in the paint. <laughs> so if I'm Steve Nash, at this point in time, you're down 0-2 to a team that seems like they're not going away. You have to mix it up, and that comes with a lineup change. Big perk, 30 seconds here because we're up against it. But bigger loss, Middleton for the Bucks right now or Devin Booker for the Suns? Devin Booker for the Suns. It is so much of a loss that I actually got the Pelicans winning this series now because they have the best player in this series 
and Brandon Ingram. He's a baby KD in the making. And when you don't have another superstar like Devin Booker to be able to match his offensive firepower, you have a problem. And the worst thing that happened for the Suns is that the Pelicans won game two. So now they know that we could beat these guys. And you going back to New Orleans, baby. Kendrick Perkins, ESPN <laughs> NBA analyst, joining us. Big Perk, thanks so much for your time. Amber, Harry, I appreciate y'all anytime. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Harry, Big Perk out here making Brandon Ingram the best player in that series. I mean, the best player in that series, like making him better than, you know, CP3 out here, uh, you know, it's saying that Devin Booker is just so pivotal to that Suns team's success now. Well, I, I understand where he's coming from because a Brandon Ingram is a guy that can get to his spots and score the basketball. Chris Paul, you look at his size, yes, he can affect the basketball game, but Brandon Ingram can do it on a numerous of different levels from a scoring perspective and having that length. Yeah, I mean, I see what he's saying as well, but I was just, I was surprised by that answer. I don't know if that's a disrespect to CP3, but I do think that CP3 has a lot to prove right now in the face of this injury to Devin Booker. Coming mm-hmm. up next, with Devin Booker potentially out two to three weeks, are the Suns still the betting favorites to win it all? We will unpack that. This is ESPN Radio, Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas. We were taking you up until 7 o'clock Eastern when all the NBA action will come at you on most ESPN radio stations.